With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into the Lombardi Line, part of the Sunday pregame power-up on VEASAN and DraftKings Network, airing every Sunday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. We've got The Sweat, the Lombardi Line, Brent Musburger's Countdown to Kickoff, three shows, five hours, all-you-can-eat game day prep, getting you set today for week seven of the NFL. Here in hour two of the Lombardi Line, we're going to continue to cruise through each and every game on the board this NFL Sunday. We'll also hit Michael's updated power ratings, the top 10 teams in the NFL right now per his numbers and the top five and bottom five quarterbacks alongside three-time Super Bowl winning NFL executive and strategist. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. Been a fun hour one and we're going to keep it rolling, Michael, because for me, the game of the week is, is Lions-Ravens. That's my marquee matchup that I'm really excited to see how it plays out. But very close second and for other people might be a first is Miami at Philadelphia coming up later on today. That's going to be a gauntlet. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. You know, and I, and I think we, we initially thought there was a coastal storm, not that they can get the weather right. And we rely on you for the weather on this program, but they, you know, there was a lot of talk about 15 to 20 mile an hour wind. Yesterday was very windy on the East coast today. Not as much, no rain in Philadelphia tonight, low fifties, but there will be 10 to 12 mile an hour winds. How that impacts the game, you know, remains to be seen. This line has been a funny line. It opened, you know, at three, it, it opened at two, moved to two. Then it's been one and a half for a while. And now it's back up to three, partly because of the Lane Johnson news. He's going to play Jalen Carter news. He's going to play, you know, and the, Darius Slay, Slay, the, yep. the corner, he's going to play. Now, Reed Blankenship, who is their kind of organizer of their defense, won't play. And I think ultimately, when you break the game down, the kryptonite against this Miami offense is defensive tackles who can pressure the quarterback. We saw it with Daquan Jones in Buffalo. And tonight in Philadelphia, you've got Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox, you know, Jordan Davis, you've got guys that can rush inside, plus they've got athleticism on the edges. So the matchup favors Philly in the sense their defense may be able to corral this this uh, Miami team down and keep the score in the, in the 20s. And then you look at Miami's defense and you say, well, you can run the ball on them and you can make throws. So you know that in the last 12 games when Miami goes on the road as a dog, they're 2-10 straight up. And Tua's lost eight of his last starts as a road underdog. So that's why I think it's trending towards the three again. Yeah, it's a great point because for as historic of a start as this Miami offense has has had, and they have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to talent and speed on that side of the ball, even without Devon Achan, who is on injured reserve right now because Raheem Mostert has been so tremendous in the running game. But the worst game of the season for Miami was against Buffalo when they were held to a season-low 20 points. And Tua was sacked four times in that game. He's only been sacked twice in all of the other games so far this season. So if the Eagles can take a little bit of that game plan and do what Buffalo did, I think it could be a long day for the Dolphins. And, And that's saying something because of how productive we know that offense has been and how accurate Tua has been. 
Right. And look, you know, one thing we know about Philadelphia is they can really milk the clock and run the ball. Philly needs to run the ball. There's no question. They are a better team when they are running it. Because last week we saw when Lane Johnson went out, we also know, forget about Tua pressure bothering him, pressure bothers Jalen Hurts. I mean, when Jalen Hurts is under pressure, where he has to deal with with the problems of guys around him, you know, I think NextGen has a stat out that if he has pressure rate of 40% of the time or higher, he struggles to win the game. And so this is what Miami's challenge to do is can they put pressure? Well, with Lane Johnson back, how healthy is he? We'll find out, right? One thing about being back is nothing about playing good. Can you play good? And I, I think that's going to be the thing. But last week, they turned it over. And Philly has been turning the ball over this year more than we've ever seen them turn it over. They've had five turnovers in the last two weeks. And they've only had one game where they haven't turned it over. Well, and so their offense isn't the same as we're used to seeing them, partly because they haven't been as dominant in the run game. They ran for 259 against Minnesota. Big win. They ran for another another 200 yards against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and took control of that game. But they still turned it over. And I think that's got to be the key. They've got to run the ball, play action pass, allow Hurts to make plays. But here, I think, is the underlying factor. And I wrote about this in the column this week. Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio was on the Eagles staff last year as a consultant. His job was to help the offense. Learn about the defense. Study the defense. Here's what defenses like to do. Here's why they play this coverage. Here's what they do. And so he knows this Philadelphia offense. He's had relationships with everybody in the Philadelphia building. They actually wanted him to be the defense coordinator. They didn't think Jonathan Gannon would leave. That's why they fired the tampering charges against Arizona, because they were led to believe that Gannon wasn't going there. They were going to hire Vic, and they couldn't because they ended up getting duped by it. So there's a lot of things going on here, and I think he'll know what he needs to do. It's just, is Miami good enough to stop the run? Philly is. Philly's only given up 100 yards one time this season, and that was against Washington. Yeah, definitely an interesting wrinkle. I want to go back to the turnovers of it all, though, because for Jalen Hurts, his seven interceptions to start this season are tied for second most in the NFL and are one more than he had all of last season. And the interesting part of that to me is that five of the seven picks he's thrown, Michael, have actually been when he was not under duress. Why do you think that is? Well, I think he's trying to do more than he should, right? I think he's trying to do more than he could. And I think people are reading him better, and they're not playing out in front as they did last year. Remember last year, they scored 204 points in the second quarter, right? I mean, they were in front of everybody so quickly, and they haven't been able to do that. They've been in a little bit of a, you know, the Ram game was tied at halftime. The Jet game was close. Washington was close. You know, they haven't been able to get that extended lead in that first half point differential that they dominated on last year. And so I think that creates more problems for them. They're 26th in interceptions in the National Football League. But here's where it's really problematic, Stormy, is they're only 29th in creating interceptions. They've not forced a turnover defensively in the last three weeks. Not one turnover in the last three. They're minus five in turnover takeaway in the last three weeks, and they're two and one. So they've been, you know, they've been doing a little bit of John Bon Jovi here. They've been living (laughs) on the edge. They've been living on the edge. And, And concerning, if you're a Philly fan, is Philly's 25th in the red zone this year. They're not as good in the red zone defensively, and they're 22nd on third down. So they're not good red zone offense, 23rd. They're not good red zone defense, 25th. And their defense can't get off the field on third down. They're 22nd. So, you know, Miami's coming in here with some sense of confidence that they can move the football. Michael, it's a good thing you're not on Philly local radio today because I know they just be pressing you, but they're going to win the Super Bowl, right? They're going to win the Super Bowl. Don't worry about it. They're going to say to me, look, we're the best team on paper, right? Tell tell me we're the best team on paper. Just tell me we're going to win. Look, I think Philly will win. I think it's because of their front they'll win. But Philly, I expect them to be active at the trade deadline. I think Philly's got some issues they've got to fix. And this offensive line, because of the injuries – I think is a little bit of a concern for them. And so they've got to be able to fix some of their issues there. I don't see them being in the same. I think if Detroit came into town, Detroit would give them a tough game.
Okay. Philly used to being in the favorites role, a team not so much used to that role, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's head to the NFC South. We got the Atlanta yeah. Falcons taking on Tampa just the second time this season that the Bucs have been favored sitting at three right now, low total 37 and a half. Um, the only other game that they were favored this season, Michael, was against the Bears in week two. They ended up winning that one by 10. We got pretty clean injury reports on both sides for this one. Just Vita Vea questionable for Tampa. Bucks coming out of the bye last week. They struggled against the Lions, could not run the football. Uh, that said, I think they bounce back here. How are you looking at this game? Well, look, I mean, Atlanta's been one of the slowest starting teams in the National Football League, right? They can't get things going in the first half. They've been outscored 68 to 36 at halftime. That, 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 you know, they've scored 36 points in six games in, in the first half. That's six points. And when you have a rookie quarterback or a first-year player at quarterback, that's not easy on them. And you say, well, they should be able to run the ball. They can run the ball. They just do some stupid things, like they give the ball to Algier instead of Robinson. Think about this, Stormy. Algier's had 75 carries. He averages 3.2 yards a carry. Robinson, their first-round pick from Texas, he's got 80 carries. He averages five yards a carry. Like, why are we giving the ball to Algier? They both. Why are we splitting this? Like, this isn't high school where they're both going to win a varsity letter. Like, give the ball to your best player. He's averaging five yards a pop. You drafted now, him where you did for a reason. Yeah, here's the problem. The Bucks so far this year, have only allowed 419 yards rushing in games, in five games. 201 of those came against the Eagles. You can't run the ball in the Bucs. It's hard. The Falcons last year in their game last year in Tampa ran for 69 yards. Hard to run the football. So now it puts all the burden on Desmond Ritter, right? And we know Ritter has been prone to turn the ball over. But he has thrown the ball much better in the last two weeks. He's just made some really bad decisions. He's been on target 13.2% of the time in terms of bad throws. That's outstanding. He's 75, 75% on target. Now, he's had seven balls batted at the line of scrimmage. That's been the problem. And he's been pressured 53 times in six games, so he's gotten hit way too much. But they have all these skill players. Mm-hmm. If they're going to win today, Ritter's got to play well. And he's thrown for an average of 325 yards in the last two weeks. He's got to make throws. Yeah, everybody was asking for him to push the ball downfield, take some chances. Now that he has and is turning the football over, everybody's all up in arms around about it. Four touchdowns, five interceptions the last three games, and the last two have been interesting because he had maybe the best game of his NFL career to this point and then followed up with a three-interception second-half performance, and now everybody's calling for his head again and wants Taylor Heineke in there. So interesting <laughs> dynamic again. Three-point favorites. It. Tampa is total 37 and a half. We'll hit three more games on the other side side of the break Packers Broncos Steelers Rams and Cardinals Seahawks my favorite leg of a two-team teaser with Seattle this is it we've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi oh my look at that he is and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. We got all four major sports in action, and with that, no better time of year to be a sports better. No better time to get our Sports Equinox special and become a VSEN Pro subscriber. Sign up now, you get full access to VSEN Pro, everything we do through May 1st for only 120 bucks. That includes our daily best bets, unlimited access to our betting splits, plus all of the exclusive betting content for the MLB playoffs, college football, the rest of the NFL season, March Madness, the NBA and NHL regular seasons, as well as the NFL draft coming up next summer. Do not miss this limited time offer. VSIN.com slash subscribe is how you can sign up. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. This is the Lombardi line continuing to get you set for all things NFL week seven on this Sunday morning. Let's head out to Denver where the Broncos are hosting the Green Bay Packers short spread in this one, Michael, the Packers favorites for the first time this season, although it is only by one point, but uh, looking to have a bounce back coming out of the bye against a poor Broncos defense total in this one forty five. You know, this is another one of those games where when I first when it first was public came out, I expected the the people to kind of get in in sync with with Green Bay here because I feel like Aaron Jones was going to play and let's face it Aaron Jones is what makes their offense kind of go it helps Jordan Love with short passes they're able to do some things and when you look at this Bronco defense I mean they've allowed their opponents a 76.4 percent completion the highest through six games in this in forever they are they allow 5.6 per rush they allow 6.7 yards per play. You know, 53% of the time, the opponent's drives end up in a score. They allow, allow average allow 2.97 points per play, points per drive. And they've allowed 33 points. So I look at those numbers and I say, okay, you know, Green Bay, whatever you think of them offensively, they're going to move the ball. Now, Green Bay defensively is pretty good. I mean, Green Bay defensively is pretty good. They can stop it. They can they can rush the passer. They're hard to block up front. They're hard to run the football on. And I just felt like, why is this line trending towards, why are the sharp people, the professional betters, why do they like Denver? Like, I've seen Denver. There's nothing I've seen from Denver that tells me they're going to play well. And I think Green Bay with Green Bay having a chance to get Darren Jones back and their defense healthy, I think it becomes a different kind of game. So I've been in favor of Green Bay here. I'm not in favor of Russ. I don't see Russ making enough plays against his team when he has to, when they have to do it. And that offensive line, they can't really block enough well enough. And this front's hard to block at Green Bay. Now, I understand Love's been prone to turn the ball over. You know, we saw that the last time he played against the Raiders. But it's still, you know, for me – if he doesn't turn it over, they're, they're going to have a chance to win this, and it's a pick type game. Michael, have you seen anything change in Jordan Love? Because the the first three games of the season, you look, he had, oh, sorry, the first two games of the season, six touchdowns, no picks. He looked like he was cruising, and all of the thoughts yeah. that we had about the Packers and the division maybe being live in that spot. And then the last three games since, just two touchdowns, six interceptions. Like, have you yeah. seen anything change in him, or is it just the, the Aaron Jones factor, like you mentioned, and how necessary he is for their offense? I mean, Aaron Jones is such a weapon, you know, because he catches the ball so effectively, right? You know, he's only played in two games, and yet he is able to make such a difference for their offense, especially in the receiving game. 
you know, he's got three catches for 82 yards in the reception area. So we know he can make big plays. Look, one thing about Green Bay, they're the 12th best team on third down. If they get it in the red zone, they're sixth. They'll score. Their defense is the seventh best team in the league on third down defense. They're 11th overall in the red zone. So they do some really good things. I think that last game has kind of put a lot of bias in people's minds in terms of how poorly they played against the Raiders and how they turned the ball over. Look, for them to be successful, they have to run the football. Okay, they have to run the ball. And they're 25th in the league in average per attempt. That's not good enough. That's why they need Jones back. And their defense has got to stop the run. They stopped the run against the Raiders, but today's the challenge. They have to stop the run. They're 20th in the league in yards per attempt. They're 30 sec- teams run the ball on Green Bay. They're 32nd in rushing attempts, and they're 25th in allowing touchdowns. So they they want to run the football against you. I just think, to me, they've got to be able to handle it. They stopped the Raiders 96 yards on the ground. It was one of their best defensive games. They just turned it over three times. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, look, the Lions, the Lions, you know, their defense, the Lions ran for 211 against them. The Falcons ran for 211 against them. I don't I don't see Denver being able to do that. But if Denver wins, it'll be because they ran the football, not because of Russell. Yeah. Broncos 5 and one ATS through their first six games. The first time in the Super Bowl era, Denver has started without an ATS win through six weeks. Let's go to L.A. Pittsburgh getting three and a half yeah. against the Rams. Total wow. 44. I know you love you some Mike Tomlin as a dog. I don't get this one either. Like, where's all this love coming from the Rams? I mean, everybody hates the the Steeler offense, but they get Deontay Jones back, Johnson back. That's huge, right? Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden, Pickens goes from being the number one guy to to now he's number two. Fire move not playing hurts, right? That really bothers you. But can the Rams block this front? This Pittsburgh team is a good front. They find ways to win game. Hell, they they stayed in games. And when Stafford plays against a good front. When he plays against a team that can put pressure on him, you know, when he plays against a team that puts pressure on him, he struggles. You know, he's 1932 against the spread at home when he plays against a good team. But is this a home game, Stormy? Is this a home game? There's going to be a lot of terrible towels in the stands, I'm sure. Not a lot. It'll be filled with terrible towels. I mean, remember the Raider game? Yeah. How unfortunate is that for the the Rams and Chargers, Michael, that – it's like any team that has a good fan base just absolutely overtakes that stadium. It's amazing, right? I mean, it's, I guess it, you know, it, it's probably not bad for the owner, the owners of the stadium, because they're making a ton of money because the crowds are filled. They don't, it, money's green. It doesn't matter who, where it comes from. But for the coaches, I'm sure they're like, wait a minute, I thought we had a home field. Yeah, you're like, you know? how, how am I having issues on third downs here? Okay. I'm supposed to be like the home team. What's happening here? Yeah, here's why I always look at what I always break down. And I think Sean McVay's done a great job. And I think Matthew Stafford's played really well. His numbers don't indicate how well he's played. For them to be three and three is really, they've avoided injury, not in the offensive line, but they've avoided injury to their team. They've only turned the ball over twice in the last two weeks. But when they can't run the football, last week against Arizona, they ran for 179 yards. But remember, that first half was very close. It was very close. And I think they were trailing at halftime in that game. This, I think it'll be hard to run the ball on Pittsburgh. I really do. And, you know, Pittsburgh can stop the run. And when you take and make Matthew Stafford have to be one-dimensional, when you make them one-dimensional, they're not very good. They lose to San Francisco. They run for 89 yards. They lose to Cincinnati. People forget that game. Cincinnati's not a great defense. They rush for 72, 71 yards. They lose to Philly, 54 yards. They beat Indianapolis for when they run for 164, and they beat Arizona last week. They run for 179. Look, Tomlin knows Raheem Morris. They're best friends, so he knows the defense. So they'll have a pretty good plan. I wouldn't be surprised if Pickett plays above his poor level of play. But I do think this Pittsburgh defense will play really well. I really do. And I just think, to me, it'll be a – you're getting Pittsburgh in three and a half in this game? I don't understand it because Tomlin is a dog. You want him as a dog. You love him as a dog. Yeah, he's the only head coach in the Super Bowl era to have a winning record as an underdog among coaches to 
have be an underdog in 50 plus games. Pretty remarkable. Uh, let's stick in the NFC West, though, from Rams to the Arizona Cardinals in Seattle, taking on the Seahawks. This line has moved in favor of Seattle oh up God. to eight and a half. Totals come down a touch from 46 and a half to 44 and a half. There is a chance for some rain. But this, Michael, is the top pick for Survivor Seattle. Over a thousand entries, 60.3 percent of people needing Seattle to get this win. But what do you make of the number that continues to creep up? Nine and a half well, now nine, on DraftKings. It's nine and a half now, Stormy? Oof. Oh, my gosh. As the I mean, screen just si- flashed. Oh, my goodness. So I, when I did Chris Russo at five o'clock on Friday afternoons, this line was seven and a half, and I took it. And, and you know, and I thought it was in there. It had hit seven earlier in the week, and then it went back up to seven and a half. But now it's there. So, look, let's talk about the Cardinals. Look, the Cardinals are a, a really a nice story. They play hard. But they've been outscored in the fourth quarter, 64 to 7. You're not covering games when you get outscored 64 to 7. And they can't stop the run game. Their defense is as bad as the Broncos. The defense is as bad. They can't stop the pass. And Seattle needs to play at a higher level than they have played. I mean, Seattle has struggled. Geno Smith is not having the same year Geno Smith had last year. Let's just, when you break down all the numbers, it's not the same. Now, a lot of that is because of this offensive line hasn't been healthy. I mean, let's be honest. He's lost two of his starting tackles in week two of the season. So that's been a real issue. We'll finish more of this game when we come back from the break. But to me, this is a game where Seattle's got to get it all in gear. And they've got to play, you know, better offensively. They've only had 32 first downs in the last two weeks. They've been bad on third down in both offense and defense. Agree with you 100%. We'll finish our thoughts on this as well as get your top 10 teams in the NFL and best and worst of the quarterbacks. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi Line on VEASAN. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check out the current betting splits data. If you want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin's here to make you a more informed, better year-round. You can check out those betting splits for every game at vcin.com, including the one that Michael and I were just talking about the Arizona Cardinals and Seattle Seahawks and we have seen nothing but that number move up in favor of the Seattle Seahawks from seven and a half to now nine and a half yet those betting splits Michael show the handle at 52 percent and the bets at 49 percent on Seattle so relatively split from that standpoint yet the number has moved up two points. Yeah, I mean, look, it, we know this. Geno's not been the same player because the offensive line has kind of been in disarray, missing his two rookie tackles from last year. But, you know, the one thing they're facing today is an Arizona team that doesn't put a lot of pressure on you, right? Arizona can't rush the passer. And he's going to have time, and they struggle. I mean, the Arizona has struggled against the NFC. They're 1-10, and they're 1-10 and against the spread in the last 11 games. You know, so it's they, they have a hard time. But what, what's really been concerning is Geno's not been as accurate as he was last year. You know, he's he's 11.8% bad throws last year. This year he's up to 17.5. And he's getting more balls batted down at the line of scrimmage than he ever did before. So this is what's been going on. They, and, and a lot of this is because of the line. A lot of this is because, you know, even the – I mean, they brought Jason Peters in, and shockingly, at 41 years old, he's dealing with a quad injury. But they can run the football, Seattle, and they should get control of this game. And playing in that dome or the crowd noise, it's going to be, you know, may have a little bit of rain. Arizona, without Connor, can't run the football. And plus, Seattle's done a great job. Only allowed 3.2 yards per carry. So the, it's going to put a lot of pressure on Dobbs to make plays – and to protect the football. And I think that's going to be a real problem for him. And now we see Seattle kind of moving out of teaser territory, unless you want to do the seven, but this Seattle paired with Buffalo is kind of my favorite bet of the day. That was my teaser. And it's kind of, like I said, just getting out of range from that standpoint. Did you know, Michael in 57 starts, Geno Smith has never closed as a favorite of seven Mm -hmm. or more points. He's closed six and a half twice in his career. So of those, of those 57 starts only closed six and a half 
twice, never over seven. So this is a completely different role for him. But this Arizona Cardinals team without James Conner, what you mentioned earlier with the fourth quarter being outscored 64 to seven. It's just it's a it's a situation where I understand the love of Seattle in this spot. I get it. Fading Arizona the way that they've played late in games. Um, but it's the number I think is getting a little out of hand from that standpoint. I wouldn't feel comfortable laying the nine and a half. Um, well, but look, San Francisco beat them 35, 16. Okay. 35, 16. And then Cincinnati, who we know is not a great team, beats them 34, 20. And the Rams are struggling. I think it's nine, six at the half in that game. And they still win 26 to nine. So they haven't been within seven points of any team in the last three weeks. And this now they're on the road again, second yeah. road game. I think this is why a lot of it is going against them. And while they have had success is, think about this, they're the number two team in the National Football League in yards per rushing attempt. But a lot of that came from Connor, right? A lot of that came from Connor. In the last two weeks, they've turned the ball over five times. All right, Michael, let's run through your updated power rankings. Your top 10 teams in the NFL starts at the top with San Francisco remaining number one and Buffalo and Kansas City in tow two and three. Those have remained the same over the last week where it starts to differ is at four with Baltimore. Yeah, I think Baltimore's playing well. And I think last week we saw Lamar Jackson or I saw Lamar Jackson. Forget the QBR, forget all the next gen. He really played well. He was on target. He was in rhythm. And he was the difference in the game. And and had they played better in the red zone, that Tennessee game wouldn't have been close to cover. It just would not have been. I think Detroit's really a good team. Detroit can run the, when they get the Montgomery in there. They're a different team. Gibbs has got to show up. Philly's got problems. Dallas has problems. I don't consider Tampa, the Rams, or Houston Super Bowl caliber teams, but let's just say those seven there that we talked about from Dallas on up, I think they have a chance to get there. You know, they're going to have to make some moves here at the deadline. Kansas City's already traded for Hardman. We know that. We know they need receivers. Buffalo's got to try to stay as healthy as they can, if possible. And Josh Allen's got to protect the football. Can they run the ball effectively? I think that's going to be the key because when they have balance and rhythm in their offense, they're a better team. The Giants didn't blitz Allen last week. The Giants played, they played their coverages, they played their fronts, and Buffalo struggled. Seems crazy to think that the Houston Texans, if we were talking in the preseason, would be ranked in your top 10 here <laughs> midseason. You but can't lie the numbers. Yeah, they All great. mine are numbers. But here's where Houston's good. Houston can run the ball. Excuse me, Houston can convert third downs. Houston is really good in the kicking game. Very good in the kicking game. And they play less defense. They control the football because they're so good on third down. And Stroud has been really good. He threw his first interception last week against the Saints, and then the Saints turned it back over to him. So they protect the ball. You know, they make it very difficult for you to score in the red zone. They convert third downs and they control field position with their kicking game. That's a pretty good recipe to win games. Yep. Been a very pleasant surprise to start the year. And I love seeing Ravens Lions at four and five, just reinforcing what a good game we have on tap today. The Ravens, a three point favorite against Detroit. Let's go to your top five quarterbacks. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Number two, Brock Purdy. Three, Josh Allen. Four, Tua Tungavailoa. And five, again, Lamar Jackson talking about the way that you've upgraded the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Tua is obviously still throws the ball with great accuracy today. On the road, test, win, I think that'll be interesting to see. Mahomes has had 15 drops on him this year already. Second most in the National Football League. He's got to get more help from the guys around him. But what he does is he wins games. You know, it's interesting. I don't have Justin Herbert in my top five. I don't have Joe Burrow in my top five. Those guys belong there based on their talent, not based on their play of last few weeks. I think Lamar has really been good. And Brock Purdy, say whatever you want about Brock Purdy. You know, when he's able to when he was able to take the ball at the end of that game against a very, very the best, very good defense, the best defense in all of football, he put him in position to remain undefeated. Unfortunately, Moody couldn't make the kick. Thanks for reminding me of that one. Yeah. Sorry, Stormy. Wide right. I, I, I'm sorry. 
You knew, you knew, especially like he already missed a field goal earlier in the game. You knew as soon as that you're put in that situation, that the game is in the boot of Moody, that you're going to be Moody when the game is over. And I certainly (laughs) was. Um, How about your bottom, your bottom five quarterbacks? No surprise. Tyson Bajant, 32 of 32, the undrafted rookie making his first start for Chicago today in place of Justin Fields, followed by Brian Hoyer. Those two going head to head in that game. Tyrod Taylor, Mac Jones and Kenny Pickett rounding out the bottom five. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to believe Pickett and Mac Jones are ahead of anybody. Probably Taylor <laughs> should be 28, to be honest with you. I think Taylor played better than both I Mac and agree. Pickett have played. You know, I, I mean, you know, Mac still doesn't, can't. I mean, Mac's a dog today. This is what's so strange about the line moving towards New England today. You know, Mac has yet to be covered as a dog. He's horrible. Yeah. And, and people continue to go this direction. The Patriots are beat up. They're not healthy. On They've lost their two best defensive players in Gonzalez and, and, and Matthew Judon. Keon White, who's a really good player for them, he's out again today because he's got a concussion. So, you know, it, this isn't as simple as, Mac, okay, you help us. I mean, last year, actually, the Patriots offensively, I've said this for seven weeks now, we're better last year offensively. Somebody better send uh, Matt Patricia an apology. Because they were better offensively last year than they are this year. And Pittsburgh, I thought Pickett was better last year. Pickett protected the ball. He made critical throws. Their defense was physical. Remember, all this happened after the bye week. I think this is what we can't underestimate when it comes to Mike Mike Tomlin. Is he figures his team out. He's had six weeks to figure him out. He went into the bye. Now he comes out of week seven. I think they'll play well today offensively. I really do. Who knew Matt Patricia's offensive mind would end up resulting <laughs> in better things on the field than Bill O'Brien? You never know. Um, you know, we owe, an, we owe an apology to him. And we also, I owe an apology to Tyson Bajant today. I accidentally said D2 Shepherd College earlier in the program. It is D2 Shepherd University. So I want to make sure yeah. we give our due to that wonderful yeah. program in West Virginia. And um, he is just the fourth Division II quarterback to make an NFL start in the last 20 years, Michael, the first since 2010. And I still just loved his quote from the press conference earlier this week that if the NFL didn't work out, what would you be doing, Tyson? I would be crossfitting my life away, getting as jacked as possible and teaching high school. So what a guy. And, And speaking to that, did you know, Michael, that his father, Travis, is a professional arm wrestler? Fun facts for you. Know how, I love that. I also know he bought about 35 tickets for the game, which there on his go. salary is going to cost him a lot of money today to get all those people in the Soldier Field. So <sighs> look, it's a great story. You know, they, they signed P.J. Walker to be their backup. And they went with Badgett because he had such a good preseason. But as we've seen from rookie quarterbacks who had good preseasons, it's hard to transcend that into the regular season. Unbelievable. We'll get Michael's final thoughts on that game and every game as we run the board to close out the show next and Michael's official plays for this Week 7 Sunday. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi Line on VSIN and DraftKings Network. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years 
and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 in pocket 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app, use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. That's V-S-I-N. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Thanks for hanging out with us on an NFL Sunday. Michael, are you ready to run the board, go through each and every game? You bet. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do it. Do Absolutely. it. We were just talking about Mac Jones and his struggles. He and the Patriots hosting the Buffalo Bills, getting seven and a half points. This line has moved down from nine, total 41. How are we feeling? You know, I, I would take Buffalo here. And, and the reason I would is because I haven't seen any evidence from New England that they can turn it around. And I, I believe past performance predicts future achievement. And these three, last three games haven't been 12 points or closer. So if I'm only have to lay seven and a half here, I know it's on the road. But I think Josh Allen will play better than he did last week. I just don't think it's a good matchup for New England. It hasn't been. They've been outscored 139 to 81 in the last four games. I don't think they can keep it close. Yeah, Buffalo, I mentioned earlier, struggled their last two games. I find it hard to believe they would make it three against this Patriots team that struggled as mightily as they have. Keep it moving. The Detroit Lions visiting the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore, a three-point favorite, total 43 and a half. This is the game of the week for me. Yeah, I've been back and forth on this game like both teams. I think the fact that that Detroit doesn't have their running game uh, the whole time, I think I'm not worried about the, the, the Ravens coming back from London to travel. I don't think that's the case. I'm going to take Baltimore here because I think they're really good in the red zone defensively, number two in the league. They're ninth in the red zone offensively, even though they were horrible last, last week. But I'm taking this because I think Lamar is really good. And I think Lamar has a great ability. He'll run to be able to make plays with his feet against a very good Detroit front. I think he'll expose a little bit of the uncertainty that we have not seen yet from Detroit, which is their secondary. Can they cover against a moving quarterback? I like to, I'll take this Steelers and lay the, uh, excuse me, I'll take the Ravens and lay the points. Yeah, that's the one area that they've certainly struggled. Baltimore, meanwhile, has struggled in the red zone, being a victim of a lot of drops. Let's see if they can start capitalizing and getting those points on the board. Washington visiting the New York football giants. They're laying three on the road in the division contest. Yeah, a little bit of wind here, so it's going to be 15-mile-an-hour wind. you got to be concerned about that if you're betting this game. I don't like Ron Rivera as a favorite. Let's be clear here. <laughs> the Giants have historically covered against Washington. Over the last, I think, 20-some-plus years, they are a positive against the spread. And in the last nine meetings, they're 7-2. and two. Dayball's 2-1 and one against the, two and oh against the spread. I think Don Martindale's blitz package will create some problems for Sam Howe. I think he'll turn it over. I do not think the enemy will even try to run the ball. And I do think you can move the football on a secondary of Washington that's not very good. I'll take the home dog and get three. Why not? Even without Daniel Jones, another Tyrod Taylor game here. Two of the worst defenses in the league head-to-head. Should be an interesting one for sure. Uh, two teams that struggled last week trying to bounce back. The Falcons and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks laying two and a half at home. Total 37. You know, I, I know it's kind of counterintuitive here. Can't run the ball in the Bucks. Atlanta needs to run the ball. You should take the Bucks. Makes sense. However, I think people are underestimating Ritter's performance and his improvement over the last two weeks. I think he'll throw the ball well. 
And I think Atlanta's defense, even though it doesn't create turnovers, have only allowed, have only created four turnovers in the last in six weeks. I think they'll be able to create some problems. I'm going to take Atlanta and lay the two and take the two and a half here. Uh, because I think that Baker Mayfield isn't exactly a quarterback that has been showed me he can do it. Plus, you know, this Tampa team coming off a loss, everybody thinks they're going to turn it around. Not so good against the spread. Just get the ball to B. John Robinson. What are we doing, yeah. Atlanta? Come on. All right. We continue exactly. to see more and more money coming in on the Chicago Bears in the battle of the backups. Tyson Bajan getting the start. Now only getting one and a half points hosting the yeah. Raiders, who will be using Brian Hoyer at quarterback. Total 38 and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's on the Bears here, even though uh, it's Tyler Badgett at quarterback. I think the fact is that the Raiders can't run the ball on Chicago. We'll have a very difficult time. I think the fact that Hoyer's playing doesn't mean they're not going to turn the ball over. Chicago's defense is fast, athletic, and I think that they'll create some turnovers. And look, Foreman can run the football for Chicago, and the Raiders have not been able to handle a big power back. Look at the game against A.J. Dillon. I mean, the Packers took the ball right down the field with A.J. Dillon as the ball carrier and scored. And when they only lost the game is when they try to have Jordan Love throw it. I think the Bears probably are going to be a lot of people's favorite here today. I would take the Bears. Videos of Deshaun Watson warming up on the field pregame certainly seem to be making the rounds. Browns bet up now to a three and a half point road favorite taking on Garner Minshew and the Colts total 39 and a half. Yeah, I, I, I can't wrap myself around taking the Colts. I know a lot of professional bettors like the Colts today. They like the number. I can't get there. This is one of the things that I don't do a good job in in terms of handicapping, separating the field and the personnel from the situation. But I think this is a Browns must-win game. I mean, I don't see how the Browns can lose this game and think they're going to win the North. They cannot afford to be three and lose this game. And they, they can't let the San Francisco win slip away with a loss here. And I know Minshew's not good against the spread. He has struggled to make plays against his defense. And I think he'll turn the ball over. And if you have a $250 million quarterback and the best defense in all of football, why are you only favored by three or three and a half? I'll take Cleveland. I don't feel good about it. I had it as a game to not touch all week because of what I just said, but I would lean towards Cleveland here. Yeah, and I did. I laid it when it was three with the Cleveland Browns. Just feel so confident in that defense and what they've been able to do. Just hope that, like you said, they can avoid the letdown after such a big win over the 49ers this past week. You love you some Mike Tomlin as a dog. The yep. Steelers are getting three and a half in L.A. Total 44. Yeah, I look, I just think him as a dog, I think I, I love his defense. I love the temperament. Watt coming off the edge. Highsmith coming off the edge. Look, when Stafford has to face against a team with pressure, like San Francisco, those, it's not as easy for them. And I think that Mike Tomlin's team will be ready to play. It's a home game for them. And I can't imagine they could play any worse than they did last week offensively. So they have to get better coming off the bye. I think Tomlin coming off the bye against a, a Rams team that to me started slow against Arizona. I think it'll be a good game. I'm going to take the home team, which is the which are the Steelers, <laughs> you know, and, and I'll cold. take the three and a half if I have to. That's cold. Seattle. It's the home, there are the home team. Let's face it. Sad but true. Those terrible towels will be whipping in the wind. Seattle up from a seven and a half point home favorite now to nine wow. and a half against the Arizona Cardinals. Total 44. I took Seattle when it was seven and a half. I can't imagine taking it at nine. I guess you have to take it at nine. Look, one thing we know for sure, Arizona doesn't have a lot of depth. And the fact that they've lost their run game, which they need. I mean, Josh Dobbs has done a really good job. But if he can't run the football, if they can't run the ball, it's hard for them. And so Seattle has played the run pretty well. They're not good on third down. Seattle has not been a good third down team all season and they played 32 minutes of defense. But I like Seattle here because I think they won't be able to pressure Geno, and Geno's got at least two good weapons, whether it's Lockett or Njigba, even if even if Metcalf doesn't play. I think it's I think it's a really good spot for Seattle. Chargers-Chiefs was a field goal game each of the last two meetings. Chargers getting six in Arrowhead today. I'm going to take the Chargers and Grin and Barrett. I don't like taking Staley, but... He does play a lot of close games. He's six and nine in close in three point games. 
and every one of these games have been close. So why wouldn't this one be? I'm also going to play a little bit of Justin Herbert can't be as bad as he was. He will not miss this many throws. And I think Herbert, when their backs are to the wall, they typically pay but play better. I mean, let's face it, the Chargers, the Chargers don't have a home field advantage in Los Angeles either. So they're used to being the road team. Packers Broncos rounding out the afternoon in Sunday night football, Miami in Philly. What you got? I'm going to take the Packers. I like the Packers here. I don't like Broncos defense. I think a, I think the Packers offense when they have Aaron Jones is better. I'll take Philadelphia. I think Philly will pressure inside. I think at three, it's still a good number. I'll take Philadelphia. I think Philly's offense can control it. I don't like Miami's defense. Even with Vic Fangio calling it, I think that they struggle. And this will be a back-and-forth game, but I think Philly will pace the game much better. I like the Eagles, and I like the Packers. The Eagles on Sunday night. And to wrap up, Michael's official Week 7 picks. Love that you gave your leans on each and every game, but you've got the Steelers plus 3.5 points, the New York Giants plus 3, and the Ravens laying the 3 against the Lions. That's it. Yeah, that well, Elliot made Good me stuff. do it. I had Seattle at seven and a half, but I wasn't allowed to take that. Old number. Producer, old number. Yeah, old number. Okay, so everybody, I, I look at Bill Ady's emails all the time. There's a bunch of old numbers in there. I, I'm the only one who is not allowed to play old numbers here. Hey, as long as you got it to beat Russo, that's all that matters. So we love that <laughs> exactly. seven and a half. Everybody, good luck with your bets today. That's a wrap for Michael and I. But the pregame power up on Veasan and DraftKings Network rolls on next. The legend himself, Brent Musburger, and his countdown to kickoff is. Coming up on VSIN and DKN. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.